listening to The Ram Report, presented by the Commonwealth Times and WVCW Radio. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Ram Report. Noah Fleischman alongside the wonderful Benjamin Malikoff, real Ben Malikoff, whatever you want to call him. That's his Twitter. Go give him a follow. Thank you for that introduction. Yes, of course. We're back here on The Ram Report for episode number 13 of The Ram Report. VCU falls to St. Louis last Friday, 80-62. to The four-game skid continues as the Rams have lost their last four games. And we'll look at that, and then we'll look ahead as they play tomorrow night at the University of Massachusetts. Yep, it has been a tough stretch for VCU these last few games. Really tough, and there are a lot of areas to put the blame on for sure. Uh, One of the biggest things that have come out later in this week are the injuries that this team has been dealing with that we've learned about now. We've heard about Corey Douglas now is dealing with an injury. Marcus Evans has been dealing with the same injury as well. And Bones Highland has that hip flexor injury as well that's keeping him sidelined a little bit. He's day-to-day. We just learned today that Corey Douglas as well might be held out for some time with Marcus Evans. Corey Douglas is out for some time with the same foot injury he battled early in the year. Gets St. Louis 1 minute and 48 seconds of playing time for the big man. Marcus Evans played 13 minutes at St. Louis before his knee started to flare up again. He's considered day-to-day is what Coach Rhodes said today, but ex- expected to be on the on the bench for a little bit. So it's going to be Bones Highland's show. He looks to be ready to play tomorrow. They said he rehabbed a lot and rehabbed like crazy, to quote Mike Rhodes. So it looks like the freshman point guard show is back tomorrow. Bones Highland and Trey Clark. But let's talk about St. Louis, Ben. Yeah. there was- St. Louis, 80-62. I mean, St. Louis yeah. went on a 17 to nothing run to really blow the game open, and that's really what put the nail in the coffin in the first half and really just was the end of the game. What we're seeing in these games to, to begin is the opponent is taken, during this four-game stretch, it started out usually pretty close, and then the opponent, Dayton or St. Louis, I would has... say I wouldn't say Dayton. Well, Dayton no, no. was close the entire game. No, it was close, but there has always been... They held that six-point lead for a very long point in the game. It was a stretch. There was a, there was a little bit of space always between VCU, and it just seems like that little bit of space has prevented the Rams from ever really being able to take the lead once again. You know, when, when we saw St. Louis, it was still a relatively close game throughout the, the beginning uh, portions and the midway portions of the first half. And even towards the end of the first half, it was still kind of relatively close. There was a chance where VCU could still take the lead in the game, you know, go on a bit of a run, maybe even tie the game and, and you know, find themselves ahead by one or two points. But what we saw in these past few games is that that little bit of a lead has just proven to be too much to handle lately as the Rams have not been able to get past that barrier and the shooting certainly has not helped from VCU at one point in the first half they were three for ten or three for six from long range from three point I'm pretty sure they started five for fifteen which is pretty good for this VC. Five for ten. No, they were five for ten. But and they one finished for seven six, for twenty-five. One for six on the free throw line. I mean, free throw line. Mm, I mean, they finished fifteen of twenty-six. St. Louis didn't finish any better, twelve of twenty-four. But I mean, in VCU's game against St. Louis, they shot seven of twenty-five from three-point land. That's good for twenty-eight percent. St. Louis, they just went right in the paint. 
Only nine three-pointers attempted, four of them knocked down. They shot 57% from the field, though. 13, 32 of 56 from the field were the Billikens. I mean, VCU, yeah, they were close. They fell behind. That's something that's nothing new for this team this year. They normally come back in the second half and make it a game. Um, they just Injuries really battled them there. They had Corey Douglas only played two about two minutes of the game. Marcus Evans only played 13 minutes. Bones Highland gotten some pain he vlogged 13 minutes as well so i mean you can't really blame anybody uh there's nothing to blame but it's just the fact that it's just injuries yeah well and i mean you can't look and say hey it's it's xyz's fault right because it's yeah. a team sport and this isn't going to turn into what social media has turned into where it's blaming a senior class well i know you want to talk a lot about that we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in, in a few moments but there are still, you know, we we deal. We've seen the problems go away, and then come back every other week is what what it feels like. Last week against Dayton, VCU really took care of the rebounding issue. But St. Louis is the number one team in rebounding. In and the then ten, yes. By the way, but you were also facing you were facing a top five team in Dayton, and you and the team, the Rams, did a very good job of rebounding and taking care of business, and then. Against St. Louis, I know it's an away game, and yeah, they are an, a very good rebounding team. Still out-rebounded 41-26. to 26. I mean, rebounds this year shouldn't be the story anymore because, I mean, that's they've been rebounded in almost, no, I totally agree. In almost every game. Yeah. They've only been they've only out-rebounded a team nine times this year. No, what the story is is the shooting. They've played 27 games. They've only out-rebounded a team nine times, which yeah. was Dayton was the last time they did that. Well, they're both The story of the game was shooting. They were yeah. 20 of 50 from the field. When you shoot 40%, normally that's good enough to win a game for VCU. But when the other team shoots almost 60%, that's that's where it happens. But, I mean, VCU had some some guys add to the totals. Marcus Santos-Silva led the way with 11. Dariante Jenkins with 10. And freshman Jaron McAllister with 7 points. Five of those from the free throw line. He was 5 of 6. Good for his second best or third best as Vince William knocked down Persick 4 of four, 4, and Dariante was 2 of 2 from the free throw line. But Jeremy McAllister, a guy that really, with the injury to Corey Douglas, would probably see some more playing time, moving Vince. Vince is going to have to play some more at the 4. And, I mean, Jaron's not the biggest 4, 3, or 4, but I think he'll have to he'll get some playing time there just because of what he can do on the rebounding battle. I mean, he only played 8 minutes. He had 2 boards, 7 points. He drew, he drew 3 fouls. And that was all late in the game. So, I mean, Jeremy McAllister, a guy, bright spot for the future and a bright spot for the, these last four regular season games. Totally agree. Jeremy McAllister, we didn't see a lot of him at the beginning of the season. We really had no idea what to expect. He was the guy who was originally committed to Virginia Tech, and he not, then he recommitted to VCU. And we always knew he would come off the bench and probably would not get a lot of playing time in this current lineup with all these seniors. And now, at this point of the season, Jeremy McAllister is a guy who we really like seeing come into the game. We really like seeing what he can do and bring to the floor. Same thing with Trey Clark, who I thought has played above has surpassed expectations so far during from what what we expected from the beginning of the season the same type of deal where a, a new freshman comes in 
and we probably don't think that he, we're going to see too much of him. We're seeing a lot more of these guys than we ever expected to at the beginning of this season, even at the you know I mean, we knew, the first quarter of the season. We knew that freshmen were going to play. I mean, that's just Coach Rhodes' motto of the, the Army, right? And so, I mean, it took some time for Jaron to get on the floor. He had, they had to earn it in practice. Apparently, Jaron had a great December, what Coach Rhodes said. Um, back in January, he earned some time on the floor, and now you can see him really impacting. He's been on the floor every game, I feel like, the past like five games. Yeah. Jaron... I mean, Trey Clark has done a great job with the injuries to Marcus Evans, stepping up in that backup role for Bones Highland. I mean, there's really not a big drop-off between the two of them. I mean, he doesn't have that three-point range that Bones has, but, I mean, Jared, I mean, Trey can handle the ball. He's yeah. probably the one of the best ball handlers on the team. He's crafty. He made Obi Toppin fall over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trey I think- Clark is definitely a guy who comes off the bench and is an immediate impact for this VCU team, and that's a bright spot for next year when you have him becoming a year older, Bones Highland becoming a year older, and then Ace Baldwin, a freshman point guard, coming into the picture. Yeah, that's a great point. I think one of the key things that if you're a VCU fan you're looking for is how well the freshmen just handle themselves on the court and are able to handle the ball, their ball skills, you know, their handles. And Trey Clark is a guy who has exceptional handles. In my opinion, I really think that Trey Clark is a guy who can ignite an offense coming off the bench next season once Bones Highland is starting as well and really help propel this offense into a hopefully a better direction than we're already seeing right now. One of the other things I wanted to focus on in the St. Louis game and just kind of throughout the whole season are some of the off-the-ball fouls as well that VCU has been taking. I think those are some mental mistakes that can really be limited from VCU in helping them improve, you know, and just helping them, you know, get closer in ball games. There have been some fouls, not just from Santos Silva, not just from the big man, but that have been way out beyond the three-point line, way no man's land that I thought could have really been avoided. And I think that's a portion that we're seeing, a portion of the problems that we're kind of seeing now. I mean, I'm not here to critique who's fouling what, right? You know, I'm not the referee. I'm not wearing, no, I, I'm not yeah. wearing black and white stripes on the floor. And, you know, I'm not Coach Rhodes telling them not to foul. But, I mean. I think it's just one of the things that can be fixed as we move on looking towards the Atlantic 10 tournament. There are obviously some good still. You know, people look at all the things that are happening right now and tend to only focus on the bad things. But in reality, there was still way. a really good first half of the season, right? I, I mean, they played a really good game. I mean, I told you this off – off air a couple days ago, and we'll say now, these last three games for VCU, probably their toughest stretch of the entire season. Richmond, Dayton, and St. Louis, right? You're traveling two of those three on the road, right? If these three games were any other part of the schedule, right, mixed throughout, VCU fans would not be panicking, right? Panic button has been hit on social media. We can talk about that in a second. But yes, these three games, VCU is not favored to win any of them. And they made the Dayton game a game. Richmond, not so much. St. Louis, not so much. But, I mean, it's three games that, hey, it's the toughest three games you're going to play in the Atlantic 10. And they're out of the way now. You have the last four, two of them on the road, two at home. They hit UMass tomorrow and then come home for George Washington, play Duquesne at home, and round the year out at Davidson. So, I mean, there's plenty of time left for this VCU team to build momentum heading into the A-10 tournament because that's all that matters, really, when you go to Brooklyn – is you want to have momentum going into that. If they can win out these last four, they'll have the momentum they need. They've got, they're going to boost their confidence back up, and they're going to know that, hey, they can beat these teams. And, I mean, there is a possibility where they could face George Mason on Thursday. They could face Richmond 
or Rhode Island, and like they it could be a whole redemption path to the Atlantic Ten final championship yeah. game. You could play George Mason, Richmond, and Rhode Island before you get to play most likely Dayton. But in the last five years, number one seed has not won the Atlantic Ten tournament. VCU, the number one seed last year, eliminated in the first round that they played. So I mean, you never know. Dayton could be gone before the Sunday. So you never know. VCU. You just have to click for four days in a row. Dan, who's now ranked number four in the nation. Because San Diego State lost. Yeah. But, I mean, all you have to do, and when you get to Brooklyn, string together four wins in a row, and none of this matters. Yeah. Well, I hope it is as easy as said is as or as done as said. But for VCU, I think one of the reasons that the panic button has been hit, like you've been talking about on, on social media, is the fact of how high the expectations were set at the beginning of the year. We saw this team and with the five seniors on them in their last year, we expected them to go to 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 have breakout years, all of them to, you know, first team seasons, whatever it might be. We saw the team beat LSU and it was all right, I'm already buying my ticket to wherever the NCAA tournament is going to be held this year, whatever location they're going to be at. The expectations were set that high and now we're at this point of the season where the season's not even over yet, and it kind of already feels like people are acting like it is. I mean, people need to understand these are 18 to 22-year-old men, right? These aren't professional athletes. They're not the Washington Wizards at the Verizon Center who are probably going to lose the next 20 games in a row, right? They're not the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're not the Chicago Bulls. They're the VC Rams. Yes, they might be treated as the, the team to watch in Richmond, right? Because the team in Henrico... People don't go down there. But they're they're college students. They're battling injuries. They're going to class. There's a whole lot more going on than rather just not having the ball go down the basket. I mean, Marcus Evans has been battling a lot this year. Stuff off the court, stuff on the court, stuff people don't know about. It's just he, he's been going through a lot. And, I mean, people have been blaming the senior class for not performing well at St. Louis. Uh, Isaac Van, 2 of 5. Darionte Jenkins, 3 of 11. Mikel Sims, 1 of 4. Malik Crowfield, 2 of 6. People are blaming the senior class for not being able to perform. But in the end, it doesn't matter who performs and who doesn't perform. It's At the end, it matters of what the score is on the scoreboard. I mean, for all, like, Bowen Tyler could score 20 million points. People would still be blaming the senior class for not playing well. Right? They could still win. That's the only thing that I don't understand is why people want to really just get all negative all of a sudden when VCU starts losing. I mean, like, where was all this negativity when they were winning, right? These te- When they were winning these games last, um, these 17 wins that they have this year, which is by far more than Fordham has, by the way, if we want to look at it that way. There were 17 wins. Didn't see any negativity on social media when they, after any win, right? Right? Even when people didn't perform well, Ben? But now... You lose four in a row to three really good teams in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And all of a sudden, the world is burning down. People want to point out every nitpicky thing. And it's just like, hey, think of it like this. You're at work. You're sitting at work. You mess up. You're taking a test. You fail your test. You don't want a thousand people on behind a computer screen bashing you for failing your test, right? Well... Now I think we have to acknowledge the fact that the expectations were set there because of what we saw. In okay, the, the expectations but, could be set by the team, right? Yeah. But it's not. It's not the uh, the job of the fans to try to turn around and 
and call out people. I mean, they can call out people all they want, but well, when wanna, you're doing it on you social media in a way that these players are watching, the players see everything. They know all of the noise that's being heard. They know that the fans are upset. And I mean, like, hey, the college kids in the day. And by the way, VCU won the regular season title a year ago. This exact team practically won the regular season title. Yeah. And I want to ask you about this because one of the other things that has been circulating on social media the past few days is, you know, how important the Atlantic 10 tournament is. And now that this team isn't necessarily an at-large bid contender, you know, how how much more important does that make it for fans to continue to travel to Brooklyn like they normally would in, in past years? I mean, I don't think people are going to not tra- not going to go, right? If 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 you're really that upset that they've lost four games in a row to three really good teams and George Mason was kind of like a game where things didn't go your way, then I mean like cool, stay at home, like leave your negativity at the door, I guess, because at the end of the day, I feel like the people that travel to Brooklyn are going to we're going to go either way. They're going to go either way. I mean, like, it doesn't matter if VCU is 17-10 and 10 right now or if they're 0-27. VCU fans travel pretty well, and I think... They certainly do. I think that yeah. it won't really affect anything. And this team is a team that feeds off the crowd. And really, if, if the crowd doesn't show up, then they might not show up, right? Like, on the court. Like, it's just just how it goes. And, I mean, when you're playing in Brooklyn, it's going to be the biggest four... It's going to be these last games in the seniors' career. Mm-hmm. And the people that want to go out there and call the seniors out... They only have got at least five more games left before regular season, at least one in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, for me personally, I, this is my third year here at VCU being a junior, and I haven't been more excited for an A-10 tournament since you know going into going into another A-10 tournament. This is the most excited I've been for one. The first year, obviously, they weren't a tournament team my freshman year just two years ago. Then last year, we were iffy on if they were going to get an at-large bid, and they lost in that first round. But now, knowing how much weighs on this tournament the potential that the team still holds how much weighs going in i think this is the most exciting tournament so far in the past two years for vcu and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do and and how the young guys are going to handle we talk so much about the seniors how much are the how well are the young guys going to handle being on their biggest stage so far for VCU in their freshman year. I mean, they've been playing all year. Nothing new for them, right? I mean, I think they're ready. I mean, they've been playing all year. They know what to expect. It's Division One basketball. I mean, you're playing. The goal doesn't change, right? Put the ball in the hoop and score more points than the other team. I mean, one thing to note, though, Ben, last year St. Louis preseason was number one. VCU was preseason number seven. VCU what won the Atlantic the regular season title, got the number one seed, lost to Rhode Island in the first round, or in the quarterfinals, their first game of the of the tournament. St. Louis, the team that had all that preseason hype, they were they f- finished sixth in the Atlantic Ten, and won the Atlantic Ten tournament last year. So it doesn't really matter where you start in the Atlantic Ten tournament. I mean, St. Louis was a team that had all the hype. That's a similarity that I've seen from like that people have been comparing is the VCU team this year and that St. Louis team last year. They're very similar teams, and you have to be built in a way to win four games in a row in Brooklyn, right? Because if you don't, then, I mean, some of these teams people don't think are built to win four games in a row, i.e. the number one seed, because they're going to only have to win three, but that's three games in a row. You have to have a deep enough team to where nobody's tired, right? have heavy legs, 
And so, I mean, VCU's got a deep enough squad to where they can play four games in four days and be okay, where other teams in the Atlantic 10 only have six or seven guys that can really play. And now at this point of the season, the big difference from last year is you're resting Marcus Evans now. He's getting some time to recover from his injuries. It was during that A-10 tournament when he got injured and he wasn't too sure for the NCAA tournament. You're hoping you're going to get a a healthy Marcus Evans next month. Yeah, Marcus Evans is out for the time being, probably just trying to heal him up, getting ready for the Atlantic 10 tournament because he can be definitely a spark for this team. And they know that it's really the last ride for these seniors and People are going to want to go out there and fight for him. But anyway, VCU plays UMass on tomorrow night. On tomorrow night. Wow, this is a long day. Uh, UMass entering the game on a two-game win streak, beating St. Louis 67-63 at home, and then travel to the Bronx and beat Fordham 57-49. The Minutemen are 12-15 overall, 6-8 in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Ben, UMass 12-15, but they're going to be a tough battle. It certainly will. They have some really talented players, including freshman Trey Mitchell, who's been a star all season long. He averages about 16.8 points per game. Also, T.J. Weeks, another guy, 14.7 points per game. So they have some offensive firepower as well. So the big thing about for VCU is just going to be focusing on making their shots. This is a good challenge for them because it's not necessarily a team that is that is really overpowering. It's a 12-15 and 15 team. You know, it's a team that anyone has a chance against, especially VCU, who needs a confidence boost right now. This would be a big win for them on the road away. And just to gain some confidence back on a four-game winning streak, you'll take anything at this situation. You'll take anything at this point. So I'm really looking forward to see what Coach Rhodes can do. I think it will be more probably the same starting lineup we've seen in, in the past few games with Bones and Vince Williams still in there. And I'm really excited to see how this team can bounce back from this adversity and and rough situation that they've been in. I mean, it's a battle of who's going to win freshman of the year, right? You've got Trey Mitchell, who's been a star for UMass, starting there at the five spot. He's going to have to match against Marcus Santos Silva, a guy who's probably one of the most elite centers in the Atlantic 10 behind Obi Toppin. So, I mean, you have to face him. I mean, Bones Highland also in conversation for that, so he could go off. So it'd be interesting to watch the game. I mean, both... Both fan bases think that their guy should win the Atlantic 10 Rookie of the Year. I mean, both will probably be named All-Rookie Team. I probably don't see why they wouldn't be, and uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's going to be a great game, and Tuesday night will be an opportunity for the Rams to right the ship before they come home to face George Washington and former VCU assistant Jamie and Christian. That will be another big game for VCU. I mean, I know we keep saying it, but... At this point, you're looking just to get right for the conference tournament. You're just looking to do anything that will make you uh, in the peak position, the best possible position to play in that tournament. And any wins along the way, any, any, anything that just can get your team right at this point will help. And I'm looking forward to seeing, once again, what VCU can do to put themselves in that position. Correct. So VCU, UMass, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on Masson and ESPN+. Plus. And then they come home on Saturday at 4 o'clock to face George Washington. So that was Ben Malikoff. I'm Noah Fleischman. We'll be back next Sunday afternoon with Ram Report episode number 14. See you guys then.